So let's say you're doing business in a variety of countries. Can you apply the same strategy for trying to get your invoices paid on time in each of them? Uh, on the Riabu podcast today with Simon Littlewood and Mark Laudy, we're going to be chewing the fat on exactly how to approach these things. And very interesting rehashed statistics from Zero uh, back from 2018 seem to show, Simon, that uh, invoices in Singapore take a heck of a lot longer to get paid than those in Hong Kong. Uh, Singapore's economy is about the same size as Hong Kong's, mm. and yet the number of the value of invoices paid late at uh, more than three billion US dollars far eclipses Hong Kong's at one point seven. Is it because people in Hong Kong are far more fierce? You know, they're far more likely to thump their well, fists on the table. Well, they certainly are fierce. I mean, Hong Kong. When I first came to Asia, I was amazed to discover that if you were trying to get into a lift and the doors were about to close, the people in the lift would try and close the doors to stop you getting into it. Yes. Whereas, uh, <laughs> whereas in London, you know, they kind of hold the doors, and even in Singapore, somebody will very often open the. Well, doors it depends how pretty you are. But um, I mean, the, the, the fact is do that you not find me pretty. The, the fact is that in Hong Kong, you know, the, the the culture seems to be such where people just are a lot less no nonsense. Could that be a strategy? that you could get used to get paid on time? It could. I mean, at the end of the day, as you know, we, I, we think relationship is what's key, and I don't necessarily think being fierce is particularly useful. I think <laughs> being close and being friendly. So, But, but something occurred to me as we were discussing this, um, which is this. What percentage um, of commercial activity in Singapore is public sector versus Hong Kong? I suspect the Singapore public sector is significantly larger as a percentage of the economy in Hong Kong. What, how does that uh, play into whether you get paid on time? Well, because governments are bad payers. Universally? Yeah, governments and government-related entities. Why is that? Because they've got the power to hang on to the money as long as they like. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, and a civil servant probably doesn't feel the same economic imperative. Well, no, civils, they get their salaries paid. Don't worry about them. Uh, it's suppliers, right? Just looking at the, uh, the sectors that they said were a problem, yeah? I mean, I have no idea. I'm just surmising that that might be the case. But the bottom line still is, um, if you are, as I was saying at the beginning, you know, if you are working across a variety of jurisdictions, maybe you're in Southeast Asia, you have business in Malaysia, Philippines, Indonesia, Hong Kong, Thailand, um, is it a matter of relearning the ropes in every one of those countries every time? Well, you look, you know, the words and the expressions and indeed the terms of trade can be different depending on the environment. But the leaving aside sectors where it's very <laughs> difficult to change the payment patterns and things like government-related sectors. And why are government-related sectors an issue? Because governments have budgets, they spend their budget, and they have to wait for the next allocation of money very often. And that also applies, for example, to government-owned medical services. So in countries that have government health care, it's not uncommon to take six months to get paid if you're a supplier because what happens is they allocate a ton of money and then no one has any money for six months. And then, so India, for example, and lots of Southeast Asia, that's an issue. Australia has health care that's split between private and public, and public is much, much slower in paying than private. I mean, I, I recall from something we looked at before. So, barring those. Uh, instances where you really have very little control over where you get paid. If we're talking about the purely commercial sector, then the things which count are the things that we've talked about many, many times, which is being clear about your terms, being clear that your terms matter and you'll take them seriously, making a major effort to ensure that you understand the requirements of your customer to pay your invoice, what needs to be in the invoice precisely, and making sure it's there, and then being in touch with that customer, particularly if it's a top 20% of customer, one of your top 20%,
being in touch with them very early in the payment cycle to make sure that there are no impediments to their paying you on time because if you provide them with an impediment they'll be very happy to take it right that's, that's as simple <laughs> as that right? and it's but, universal in every country yeah. i suppose so all that does is it puts you in a position ahead of other people when they're actually dispersing money so if they're spending money in a given month they don't have any reason not to pay you so if your relationship is right um, you're much more likely to get paid on time and our experience shows that if you apply this methodology over time, you gradually educate your customer in a gentle, loving way. They know that you're not going to leave them alone. <laughs> they know that you're going to be in a gentle, loving way, asking them about you know, how the invoice was, did, were they happy with what they got, and so on and so forth. Yes. So it's a Pavlovian thing. Over time, as, as soon as they hear your voice on the phone, they'll want to write a check. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could hypnotize people yes. in this way? Yeah. So in, in other words, what I'm hearing you say is that actually uh, getting paid on time across a variety of jurisdictions has less to do with what are the laws of that land or perhaps even what are the layers of the land. But actually what you should invest in is relationship building skills. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, you, I mean this is, we've talked about this in so many contexts. You know, it came up earlier this week when I was doing another, another uh, podcast where, you know, again, we had this story, well, if the automate or, you know, the single government's got this invoicing, e-invoicing thing that they want everyone, uh, you know, improving the um, digital nature of the transaction or adding bells and whistles doesn't alter the basic fact that, you, that a human being makes a decision about when money is going to be sent or when it isn't going to be sent, you know. Um, companies don't lack the, the means to pay you. By that, I mean they don't lack a channel. You know, it's not yes. like they don't have the ability to get the money into your bank account if they want to. Yes. Uh, the question is, do they want to? Yes. And the idea is to make them want to. You don't make them want to by being shirty with them, you know, in the sense, shirty in the sense of grumpy. Uh, you make them want to by removing any potential excuses and being very, very nice to them. So in that investment in the relationship, does it behove you to then understand how different cultures, you know, how to schmooze people in, in different you, cultures? You, I mean, it does, and those that schmoozing, uh, which we write about in the book, if you recall, uh, needs to occur at the right point in the relationship. This is a modality question. When you're flirting and getting to know somebody, you're allowed to ask questions and learn things, and you'll get friendly answers which generally will be accurate once you've provided your product and there's an invoice outstanding you're likely to find them far less easy to get information from because they figure they've got what they want and you know so do all this using the right modality at a time when it, you're friendly when there's no specific amount of money in 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 in, in play what there is is there's a, a budding relationship in play and you can build it soundly based on a clear understanding of what each other's requirements are. Um, so does that mean that in China you ought to take your customer to karaoke? In Singapore you take them for fish head curry? In Malaysia you take them for nasi lemak? Well, I mean, is, I mean, is, that, is it usually done over food, these kinds I would think it might depend on how, how well you could sing. I mean, I can think of a few people that if you took a customer to a karaoke, you'd never see them again. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> All the money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, um, I suppose so. I mean, I don't think China is that different. I mean, you recall that... Um, it's it very much is about culture and process in China. I mean, you recall, and I've told you this story many times. That years ago, I did a survey with the American Chamber of Commerce in Beijing, and we found that the size or sector of a company was no indication was no in, did not correlate in any way 
precisely with how quickly they got paid. Small companies with very small market share were being paid very promptly. Big companies with very substantial market market share were being paid very late. What was the difference? The difference is the small company was doing the things that you and I have talked about many times, probably out of necessity, because small companies kind of know. You know, small companies run out of cash and they can't operate. Big companies typically have much bigger cushions, so they can afford to be to be less efficient. Or, you know, so um, it's the it's the right processes. It's understanding the importance of a, pay, a payment discussion as part of your overall relationship, and it's being absolutely committed in all parts of your organisation, right from the top, to to maintaining that respectful professional conversation with your customer that accentuates the need for both of you to be uh, to go to great lengths to provide each other with the best level of service and intimacy that you can. Right. So to end where we began, uh, which is the Singapore-Hong Kong comparison, would it be therefore safe to say two things? One, the reason why people in Hong Kong possibly are less likely to hold over an invoice uh, as we read in the zero figures from 2018, which they've just republished, one to three days in Hong Kong, whereas um, you know more than 31 days in Singapore. That the, the first reason why that difference might exist is simply that the way of doing building those relationships is simply different in Hong Kong. That they that they they perhaps already have a greater emphasis on those relationships. I don't know. I mean, I, my feeling is that relationships are always different, and and also they're always the same. I mean, the modality, you know, you, you, the, the, where you have dinner is different. The words that you use are different. But the reality is, if you want to be paid on time, you take it seriously and you make it part of the discussion and you don't take no for an answer. I suspect that these differences in percentages, Singapore nearly 40% paid on time, but Hong Kong 56%, may, and I don't know, and I'm very interested, you can write in and tell us. Oh, people don't write in anymore, do they? Well, whatever. Um, it may be something to do with the fact that Singapore has a bigger public sector. That would be my suspicion. Well, I mean, in the defense of the public sector, um, in general, I've always found them to be very good paymasters. So this is, again, is it, you just said, you know, don't take no for an answer. Maybe it's because the people in Hong Kong are more fierce. They just don't take no okay, for an okay, answer. Okay, right? okay. Maybe that's it. Okay. Don't you think? Um, well, you, I don't think not taking no for an answer is the way to get paid, necessarily. Um, but I don't, we don't know, do we? Okay, which leads me to the second point, that irrespective of where you see the percentages fall, irrespective of whether you know a particular country has a track record or a culture of paying early or late, that should not preclude you as an individual company to get paid on time. Right? Just because, for example, you always hear that in Finland they always pay on time and that in, in other countries that they don't. Well, it doesn't mean that it has to be like that for you, does it? No, I mean, well, it, the, 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 there's a very curious, this is a very interesting part of human behavior because anyone that looks at human beings in whatever context will tell you that they like to be able to tell a good story about themselves. So nobody wants to be to think of themselves as being deliberately dishonest. And yet, when I had a conversation with, with the chat group that you know I have on receivables in specifically, including mostly CEOs and CFOs, everyone agreed that it was, a, that, um, it was important to be ethical in business. But then when I, put, when I asked them about specifically paying supplies late, for example, they were pretty confused <laughs> as to what was ethical and what wasn't ethical. Oh, really? So, so many, many people don't necessarily see this as a binary issue. So they r- rationalize to themselves paying late. Well, yes, because, you know, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because that's just the way of the world. But the reality is 
as you know, the, the thing that we always say, Mark, is that this is a binary issue. The payment term is the same as, say, the price of the product or the, or the you know, so, so if I'm selling you the 50 widgets uh, and I decide, and they're half-inch widgets, and I decide to send you three-quarters of an inch widgets and then say, you know, you need to pay me anyway, you'd say, no. <laughs> and or if I sell you 50 half inch widgets and the agreed price is $10 a widget and I decide oh, no actually you know what I'm going to charge you $12 you'd say are you nuts you know so we, we have a deal so, but, yeah. so thirdly therefore if I say when I sell you these widgets it will be on the basis of this price and that you pay me within 30 days if you then say actually do you know what if the customer then says do you know what I'm going to pay you in 60 days that's the same it's the same as the wrong size widget it's the same as the wrong number of widgets. It's, it's the same as the wrong price. Yeah, that's what we agreed. So you, you have to create an internal culture within your company, first of all, because this is important. Because if you, if you, if anyone within your company, particularly in the commercial organizational leadership, says, well, you know, okay, let's just let it go. Well, you're done for. This, this, is, requ- <laughs> this is required uh, as a basis for successful on-time collection of receivables is that you take a binary view there is a term we stick to the term just as when we provide you with our product we to the best of our abilities we provide you with what you've asked for for us it's binary yeah and whether that's in singapore or hong kong doesn't make any difference yes so you know it's uh, to me it's sort of part of having a civil culture really which is which is meaning what you say because life is very complicated if everyone lies all the time or, you notice or, uh, that or is a little bit disingenuous uh, with yes, the truth is, is economical with the truth economical yes creative with the truth um, they're the worst yeah <laughs> tell us your stories um, and uh, also let us know if, if you agree with Simon that uh, the public sector is sometimes harder to, to get paid by than the, the private sector service at riabu.com read the accompanying t- uh, story on our website Uh, and uh, let us know your thoughts.